All right, all right. That's what I'm talking about. Now, everyone, give it up for the maid of honor, Angelica Skylar. A toast to the groom. To the groom. To the groom. To the groom. To the bride. To the bride. To the bride. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Hello, and welcome to bonus episode 36 of Movie Musical Memories. It's getting worse and worse every week. Um, well, we made it. I don't know if you've made it. Or, if you're listening to this, we've made it. Who knows what will happen in the next five and a half hours. Um, I'm recording this on New Year's Eve, posting it on New Year's Day. And we're here to count down the best musical moments of 2020. Now, this is a non-binary list um, because... It can be from movies, it can be from TV, and that's as non-binary as I'll go. I'm not going to get into the best um, performances on, um, what's it called, award shows, because there were very few of them. Um, I will just say off the bat, um, nobody could top... uh, Dula Peep, as Wendy Williams likes to call her. Um, Dua Lipa is her real name. Um, performing Levitating at the American Music Awards um, with, like, f- a few background dancers um, and literally levitating over an empty theater wherever she was filming that. And, um, yeah, I... Uh, I, I mean, I also really enjoyed, um, well, I thought Megan the Stallion's uh, SNL performance with Savage was very powerful. Um, that's why I kind of backtracked on the enjoyed part, but it was still an enjoyable performance overall. Um, God, everybody keeps sending me fucking emails. Please give me money. Please give me money. Bitch, I don't have any money. I gave you what money I had, extra money, back in the summer. And now you want to act like I'm some high roller 24-7, which I am not. I'm trying to get my notes up because, as I always do, I do not pull them up right away. Oh my god, the text on this thing is so small. How do I increase... I don't care. Um... Anyways, so if I wanted to talk about award show performances, those were the highlights. Um, also, Cynthia Rebo singing stand-up at the Oscars. It's one of those moments where if the audience um, like voted in person for the best original song category, that she probably would have gotten her EGOT based on that performance compared to Elton John's very low energy uh, song that won, which, as much as I enjoyed Rocket Man, which feels like a movie that came out four years ago at this point, um, I I never understood why that song. The song is cute. It's I'm never, I'm never gonna love me again. I think <laughs> it's been so long since the Oscars. I can't remember. Um, what was I saying? Um, yeah, it's my whole thing where um, 
like Lady Gaga and Diane Warren would have won hands down <laughs> that 2015 Oscar if that was the case, which, I mean, it defeats the whole purpose for the award. It's about the context of the song in a movie, um, but I also think that uh, This Is Me would have won over Remember Me because, I don't know, the audience response to Remember Me in person was not as ecstatic as This Is Me was. Like, Viola Davis was rocking out to This Is Me when uh, that was happening. But, yeah. Anyways, more about this year. Um, so, this is going to be... Uh, I should put in the context... Um, I think I did this episode in 2016 and 17, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then the 2018 episode, I just didn't even try because that was um, probably the week after I would have released the Mary Poppins Return episode that I'm pretty sure I attempted to record, but there's just, it's it's my quote-unquote lost episode because if I recorded any of it, it is not saved on the hard, external hard drive. I took everything off of the old computer to put on to this computer and maybe one day I will uh, record that as I think I say every episode um, but we'll see uh, but I did not do any version of the best musical moments of 2018 though it would have been very stars born Mary Poppins return heavy um, and what, yes, that was the year of Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. So, like, Cher's performance of Fernando would definitely have been included in that. Um, I really I can't even differentiate what came out in 2019 versus 2018 anymore. Um, and then uh, last year what I ended up doing was because I set up an extra blog connected to my blogger account of the main feed, um, one dedicated to the Movie Musical Memories podcast. And I did that because um, one of my managers asked how you can find all of the episodes in one place. And I'm like, haha, that's hilarious. So I developed a master list of where every single episode is. Uh, I like went down the Facebook page throughout the years and uh, just found them all. Um, and even had to re-upload a few because SoundCloud, for some reason, either deleted it for space or I don't know if like some copyright person came after me. I have no idea. Um, so what was I going to mention? Uh, da -da 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 -da, March... I'm reading. That's not what I was trying to mention. Um, so what I did last year was I did the best musical moments. Uh, I just did a top ten um, on there. And I included um, the co-op, the musical episode of Documentary Now. And I included the Skimbleshanks performance in Cats. And I included... Um, God, I really, my brain is shot today. What else did I include on that list? I mean, I didn't make a podcast of it last year, so why don't I just go ahead and read it out loud? Um, now, why did I get out of that? Excuse all the clicking. Um, let's see. Movie musical memories. I don't know why I said it like Count Chocula. So last year I did number 10, You Ought to Know, from Booksmart, which was like the big karaoke scene in Booksmart um, with Noah Galvin and then uh, Caitlin Deaver. Um, also, like, they all kind of party around Noah Galvin performing that. Number 9 was The Man That Got Away slash I'm Still Here on the musical episode of Pose. Um, so you had... Um, Billy Porter singing The Man Who Got Away, and Patti LuPone singing I'm Still Here, and it was a 
both really rousing performances. Number eight was Glasgow from Wild Rose, which is the big finale song in um, that movie and should have been the Oscar winner for Best Original Song. They didn't even nominate it. Number seven was the, like, it was kind of the conjunction finale of Come Rain or Shine and Somewhere Over the Rainbow from Judy. Um, I would also mention the clang, clang, clang from the trolley performance. Um, is very fun. Number six was Skimple Shanks from Cats. Number five was Show Yourself from Frozen 2, which I think is the song that should have gotten the Oscar nomination over Into the Unknown, or both of them should have gotten nominated. They only decided to push the one song, but they might have been able to get both of them. Um, number four was the titular song, Rocket Man and Rocket Man. Um, the transition of him going from the pool to being rescued from the pool and then them giving him a sh like a shot of like I don't know test I don't testosterone that's not what it is uh, they gave like him like a boost uh what is that called steroids maybe I don't know my shots um and then uh yeah and then he gets into that glittery baseball suit and performs Rocket Man. I also really loved um, the Pinball Wizard cover, which is like a really cool sequence. And um, the Saturday Nights are for rocking. Is that the song title? Sure. That's like the big group number, the big dance number. Number three was um, Being Alive slash You Can Drive a Person Crazy. So both of the Marriage Story uh, company performances in that movie. Um, number two was Co-op the Musical from Documentary Now. Um, I Gotta Go is still a song I will sing if I gotta go. Um, and then um, I did a little cocaine tonight. And um, my own, my home court, I think that, I don't know. It's the song that Renee Elise Goldsberry sings. Um, the Brown and the Beige and the Brown and the Beige and then Richard Kind's great songs. It's it's a wonderful episode. Oh, and then number one was the um the, the first big dance number in climax. It's just it's it's when I was sitting in the theater watching it, it was just so mesmerizing and it just reminded me how people people who direct musicals these days, or movie musicals specifically, just don't know how to do it. They don't know how to just let the camera sit and watch the dancing, which is the whole... I mean, the singing is partly part of it, but, like, the big choreo... Like, somebody choreographed this number. You want to see it. Um, I always credit Rob Marshall um, as somebody who I don't think gets enough credit for this. Um, and somebody was accusing him of being one of these directors who over choppy edits his musical number scenes, but it's like, no, in Mary Poppins Returns, the big um, triple little light fantastic number, he just lets the camera sit there and watch the dancing, and it's because he started off as a choreographer, so that's why. In The Prom, I think they did a pretty good job, but there could have been a little bit less cutting at some points to watch the choreography, especially in the finale. Um... But we'll get into that later. But yeah, I just think Gaspar Noe should direct more movie musicals, which sounds deranged if you know who Gaspar Noe is and what type of movies he makes. So enough about 2019. Let's talk about 2020. Um, this is going to be a big year for movie musicals, as I bemoaned many a times. And we ended up only getting one, which was still nice because it was a really good one. Um, the Prom on Netflix, as I mentioned. Um, we were supposed to get In the Heights, which that trailer played before Wonder Woman. It got me really re excited for that. And it's probably my number three most anticipated movie of next year behind uh, West Side Story, which was my most anticipated movie of this year, but now is for next year. And um, The French Dispatch, which is the new Wes Anderson movie. Um, and I'm sure I'm missing a whole bunch that are also coming out next year. I haven't 
the thing, I didn't even attempt to make an anticipated list of 2021 because I think I cursed 2020 by uh, procrastinating on making an anticipated movie list of 2020. So I'm like, well, I saved my ass for that. Um, and then, um, as I mentioned, West Side Story is also coming out next year. Everyone's talking about Jamie has um, just kind of removed itself off of the schedule. Um, it was supposed to come out in February and then just is now delayed indefinitely, which is annoying. Um, and, oh, I think we're also going to get that Tick, Tick, Boom movie. If I think Lin Manuel Miranda re- like showed that he finished it a few either a month ago or a few weeks ago or something I forget, but um, I've gone over this many a times. Um, so next year will be hopefully a bigger and splashier year for movie musicals. But we still, other than the prom, got some great. Uh, movie musical moments and unlike last year I'm not going to rank them I'm just going to go month by month and break down some of the great moments as I used to do in like 16 and 17 Um, so in January there weren't really that many to go off of but um, there was the Oscar short Maestro which is really just a two minute short film of all these animated um like swamp creep like animals gathering together to make like a choir and that's it it was one of the honorable mentions in the animated program which they do just to fill the time to make it a like because you know the animated shorts are usually the ones that are actually short films where they're f- five to maybe 20 minutes tops uh, because the animation takes so long, and it's like, if you were going to make anything longer, you should have just made a feature like a film. Um, so, like, if you just did the five, that might be a 30-minute presentation. So maybe 40. I think they usually round out to be an hour and 20 minutes at the very least. So, they like to pack maybe three or four honorable mentions if... It's really, uh, there was one year where, like, the short film was, like, 30 minutes long, and it was like, wow, why, (laughs) why didn't you just make this into a feature? Um, so in February, we had Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn film, and one of my favorite scenes of that movie is a dream kind of sequence where she imagines she's Marilyn Monroe and, um, gentlemen prefer blondes. She performs uh, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend with Ewan McGregor, which is funny because he was in Moulin Rouge, where that was Satine's big number. So a little little fun, winky, winky moment there. Um, in February was when And Then We Danced really went wider. Um, I should have included that on my list last year uh, because... I, I consider it a 2019 movie because it was the Oscar submission for uh, Sweden. No, I don't remember which country it was. It was one of those Scandinavian, like, European countries because it was the European Film Festival, which I watched it in. But it um, expanded in February, and um, there's a really magical scene. And I mean, all the dancing scenes are great, but... Um, the one that incorporates music, um, which I really just was enchanted by, is um, is Robin's song "Honey." It's this really golden, like golden light casted on the main character, and he's just wearing his boxers, and he puts on like a fuzzy hat at one point, and he's like dancing and like um, to entertain his new love. Um, and it's just really magical, and the way he dances to the beat of the music is just, uh, it's enchanting. Please watch and then we danced. It's really great. Um, and then also in February, Emma, the 
newest Emma adaptation came out, and there's a couple musical moments in that movie, but um, I just wanted to highlight the score. Um, it's still my favorite score of the year, um, and I really hope it gets remembered with the Oscars. The issue with that movie is going to be by the time uh, voting starts happening for the Oscars, it will literally have been a year since it premiered. So they really need to re-push that movie and like send out screeners or something to get that movie back in the minds of Academy members. But um, I remember the specific like theme of the end credits. Um, it's like... I can't do it. <clears throat> Maybe I'll include it here. Maybe not. Um, but it's a really, really fun score, and I love it, and I still think about it, which is not, not much I can say about many other scores this year. And I always know that I should go with a certain score over another if it's one that still has a tune that I can remember. Because there are a lot of great scores that are great in context, but then I just totally forget them. And then when I kind of, I don't really do any order to my best of movies year list, but I try to put them in an order of like a ranked order. Um, but the scores are so hard because I have to really think about like, go back to sitting in the movie theater, watching it at home and remember like how the score like, made me write it down on my list. Um, and I think a lot of the movies from December have really stepped up the game of scores because I was worried for a while. I'm just like, somebody, I just was, like, really disappointed because it was just like, are the great scores from the movies that all got pushed back or something? And, no, they were just all waiting for the end of the year to come out. Um... March, I couldn't find any good musical moments from March. I also don't think on this list that I'm going by right now, I really looked at television. Um, I should mention there is a musical television show that is playing on NBC right now that was in that time frame of, of January to March, and uh, that show should be one that I love, but I really just find it, I don't know, I really wanted to love that show, but I just was very underwhelmed by that show, season two's coming back in a few weeks, and I, I love Skylar Aston. I love Alex Newell, and they are like the two reasons to watch slash listen to the songs of that show, but there's no specific number that I'm thinking about. That really shined. Um, so, um, if I go back in March in my notes, um, I mean, Onward has a great um, end credit song, and Wendy has a good score. The movie's very boring, though. Yeah, that's all I can really say about March. In April, we went on tour on the on on the Trolls World Tour, the Trolls World Tour. Can't say it. Um, and the two highlights from that movie um, was the kind of retinkered version of Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which is now Trolls Just Want to Have Fun. Um, it's cheesy, but it's fun. And then you have Crazy Train, performed by Rachel Bloom. Um, I really like that. The, the score in Kelly Clarkson has a good song, I think, in that movie. If I'm not mistaken, if it was Kelly Clarkson or not. Um, the movie is cute. It's not as good as the first one, which I really, really enjoyed. Um... And I feel like I would have enjoyed it a little bit more if I saw it in a theater with a bunch of kids getting very excited. But, yeah, who knows? Um, in May, we had The High Note, which was the movie where Tracy Ellis Ross plays a pop diva, which is a fun connection because she, of course, the daughter of Diana Ross. And 
Tracy has never really played into that persona at all until now. Uh, really liked her finale song, and Kelvin Harrison Jr. also has some really good songs in the movie. I do have the songs written down in my other notes. Um, where is it? Um, the songs are Love Myself, uh, Let's Stay Together, um, Bad Girl, and New to Me. Um, those are some really, really good numbers. Um, and yeah, I think that's all I have for May. And then we go into June, where we had Eurovision. Not the actual Eurovision, but the movie um, with Will Ferrell and um, Rachel McAdams. And they have a really great sequence in that movie. Uh, Eurovision was very much cut from the same cloth as Pitch Perfect. Um, and they even have a moment in the middle of the movie that felt like Pitch Perfect. Um, where it is a mashup of a bunch of different songs. Um, I don't know. If, oh yeah, here here they are. It's Believe, Ray of Light, Waterloo, I've Got a Feeling. And... Um, it's all performed by, like, former Euro Eurovision people, I was told. Um, so that's a fun moment in that movie. Um, let's go back to my other page. Anything else in June? Um, I don't think so. Um, in July, we got the um, Disney Plus uh, premiere of Hamilton. Um which is just the filmed version of the original cast. And um, lots of great numbers, of course. It's Hamilton. Um, but the ones that really shined on this capturing were satisfied because Renee Lee Goldsberry just killed it in the close-ups for that, and the way they kind of edited that was really cool. Um... You'll be back with Jonathan Groff, of course. Um, seeing his spit fly all over the place was um, very traumatizing. Um, and then you have the Skylar Sisters, which is one of my favorites. And then I was really impressed by Burn, which is Philip Sue's big kind of um, power ballad after the downfall of the second act happens. And then, um, um, what's it called? My Shot. And, uh, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story. And the, um, the, something about papers. Oh, God. Let me pull that up. I was going to say the Pentagon Papers, but that's not right. The Reynolds Pamphlets is what I was looking for. Um, and yeah. Oh, and then, of course, what did I miss? Which is fitting because, uh, what did I miss? I <laughs> lost my train of thought and <laughs> people were making noise in the kitchen, so I'd take a pause. Um, so, let's see. So then in August, we had um, a little movie called Stage Mother, starring two-time Academy Award nominee Jackie Weaver, um, where she played um, the mother of a recently um, deceased drag queen who ran a drag bar. And um, the movie has a couple little, nice little performances, but the one that was very touching is the finale performance where um, Jackie Weaver performs Total Eclipse of the Heart um, to, like, this image of her son, like, projected on her, um, her outfit, and it's really cute. Um, it's not, it's no high art, but it is, it's a sweet movie if you want to check that out. Um, and then it's September, I know the movie Sybil, which is this French movie that I really loved, had a musical scene in it, but, um, 
I can't remember the specifics of, uh, I think it was the one that was at a, like, at the, um, party for the movie. I think they perform a song that I really enjoyed that. And then, um, in The Nest with Carrie Coon, there's a scene where she goes to, um, goes dancing. And it's a really delightful scene. Um, October was a big month, um... We had I Am Your Woman, or sorry, no, there's two movies that are similarly, similarly titled. So there's I Am Woman, and then it's I Am Your Woman. What I'm referring to is I Am Woman, which is a biopic about um, Helen Reddy, who actually passed away um, the like a week before I um, had this movie on my schedule and um, and it um, features all of her songs plus like covers that were very famous of hers including um, I Don't Know How to Love Him from Jesus Christ Superstar which I thought was the highlight performance in the movie as well as the titular song I Am Woman at the very end um and then there was this really, really sweet, well, sweet, it's a dark comedy, romantic comedy called Spontaneous, which is a movie about um, a high school where just kids' heads start exploding for no reason. And um, I think it's like when you're like a high emotion, um, whether it's worry, love, or I don't know. It's never really, it's just, it, it's random. It's, it shows like how random and abrupt death can be and, uh, the movie of the moment. Um, but there's a really great, um, like montage of just people, of them getting in this like kind of quarantine bubble. And, um, I can't remember if that in that sequence, people's heads explode or if it's just kind of the, the daily grind of them, like, isolated but um it's to the song bye bye love which uh is by the everett brothers i believe um but most famously used as the finale of the movie all that jazz um but this cover is really good and uh it's a movie i hope more people uh, get a chance to watch i know a couple people have been catching it catching up to it um and then we have um yellow rose which i think is the wild rose of this year not just because it's a movie titled uh after a um a rose with a different description to it um yellow rose is a movie about a um filipino girl who is um her mother is an illegal immigrant and she is technically illegal as well, but she's underage, so there's, I don't, I don't understand the whole immigration shit show of our country, um, but she's on the run too, but she runs away, um, trying to pursue her dreams in music, um, as a country singer, and she performs some really, really lovely songs, including Square Peg, which is kind of the one that, it's the opening song, and it's the one that they use in the trailer, and they also use um, Quietly Into the Night, which is kind of the big finale song, and I think that one is my favorite song, um, and she does a duet, she meets this um, kind of local country star, um, and they kind of get together and start making music, including another song called I Ain't Going Down. Um, uh, I should say the actress who plays the um, Filipino girl is um, two-time Tony nominee Eva Noblezada. And um, she always makes me feel bad about myself because she is like a few years younger than me or like one or two years, I think, younger than me. And just annoys me because she's so talented. <laughs> And I'm just sitting here recording a podcast that nobody's going to listen to. Um, the movie should be out. It's it's now on VOD and will be out on DVD next week. So I definitely recommend people 
uh, catch up on that one. Uh, and then uh, The Motherload, the kind of the musical event of the year that is not The Prom, um, which is David Byrne's American Utopia. Um, you've heard me gush. Hold on one second. I just... There's a Stars ad playing on TV right now for American Gods, and I'm assuming it's for season three, or I don't even know. I think I watched all of season one. I don't know if, if the season two is the one. No, season two. There was a season two. I don't know if I watched season two, but this commercial um, promoted Blythe Danner in a mystical way, and now I'm very mad because... My grandparents recently, literally, I just helped them move out of their house, and I think she cut her cable just yesterday, or two days ago, and Stars was one of the ones I used on her cable package, and so I don't have access to that show. <sighs> Blythe Danner, the things I do for Blythe Danner. Anyway, so American Utopia, you've heard me gush about this all year. Um, I'm about to post my thread of um my favorite movies of the year and i think i'm gonna hit that post button with number one being american utopia even though it um, breaks several of my top movies rules where one it's not really a movie it is a filmed uh stage production um so it doesn't even fit kind of in the documentary category. Because the thing about Stop Making Sense is that is a concert documentary. American Utopia is is still a stage show in the way that it performed on Broadway. But then again, like Springsteen on Broadway, I could consider a, doc, a concert documentary. I don't know. It's just weird when people put it next to like collective or... Um, what's the other big documentary time? Like, it's just very, it's like, it's not, I don't know. Um, it's, it's a documentation of a real show. So I guess it is a concert documentary. I don't know. Um, but I don't like putting, it's not that I don't like, I just don't find it fair for me to put documentaries on a list with narrative films because I just feel like narrative films and documentaries have different objectives. I, I can't really explain it. For one thing, I'm not a big documentary nut, and so it would just be me putting a bunch of bio, or not, like bio documentaries on there because that's the only type of documentaries I really latch on to all the issue document if it's really 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 done well i will enjoy an issue documentary but i don't know i just don't like mixing them into my regular movies of the year list so that is the big hurdle but i think more of the cardinal thing that i get really up in arms about and why you will not see me putting the um mini series of TV movies, whatever you want to call it, a series of movies of small acts on my best movies of the year list because, A, they're not... They, they Sure, they could be singular movies if presented that way, but the way it was presented is weekly, the same week, so the same weekday on a weekly basis, a new episode was released, or f series of film was released, so, I don't know, I just, the only one I would really even consider putting on my top 50 list is Mangrove, and I just, you know, it's gonna be, I put Small Axe on my best miniseries movie list, and that's how it's gonna be. My thing with American Utopia is, I just think it was the thing that I found the most emotional reaction to the thing that I've literally watched at least once a day since it premiered uh, over two and a half months ago. And it just kind of transcends the, the screen. Now, the other issue, but, but, but the cardinal thing about that is it is an HBO 
uh, concert documentary that premiered on the channel HBO. I will give a little leeway for the HBO Max originals, like Let Them All Talk, because I've been considering all the direct-to-Netflix Amazon stuff as movies um, for the pandemic's sake, because there were a couple movies at the beginning of the year that Amazon released that were not theatrical releases and never intended on being them, so and they submitted them for Emmys. Now, they are submitting, like, Uncle Frank and Sylvie's Loves for Emmys, and guess what? The Small X series of films. Um, and I don't know. I just, I don't know what to do with those two. I mean, first of all, Uncle Frank would never appear on either of those lists because I thought it was mediocre. Sylvie's Love is another thing. I would put Sylvie's Love on a... TV movie list if I had to, but it's also kind of like, how is that any different than how One Night in Miami, well, the thing is, One Night in Miami is getting a theatrical push, and I guess Sylvie's Love never did, um, and never intended on that, so I don't know, but I'm gonna say American Utopia is my favorite movie of the year, because, like, I really love The Prom, but it that doesn't feel like it was my the movie of the year for me. American Utopia just kind of cemented everything I loved. Like, it was the thing I loved most this year, so... You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna do it. Anyways, um... I, I listed everything mostly in American Utopia would be um, on this best of list, musical moments of the year. But the ones that I've really been latching on to that I... If if I'm not in the mood to like sit down and watch the whole thing in the background, I'll just throw on a, a performance or so. And there's a couple that I latch on to the most. Lately, it's been Slippery People. Um, the one that, like, the way it's shot and the way that, like, it is staged and the camera um, placement is um, really enchanting to me is... Um, Born Under Punches, which is also called The Heat Goes On. And um, it's the specific lighting transition when it goes into this yellow light and there's, like, a gobo on it that, like, kind of... This black gobo that, like, goes up and makes this really, like... It's a really cool, like, image. And that kind of enchants me every time I see it. Um, and then there's also... Um, what's it called? Burning Down the House is was the one that I initially said was the Liza Award winner for, or not Liza, the, the Razzle Dazzle Award winner initially, and I still think it's one of the best moments of the piece, but the, the two that I've really gone back to are Slippery People and um, Born Under Punches, but I've also really loved... Um, Lazy, um, Once in a Lifetime, This Must Be the Place, Every Day is a Miracle is another one that's really grown on me, um, uh, um, Everybody's Coming to My House, Road to Nowhere, I mentioned Road to Nowhere is the one that, like, really made me break, break out into tears, and I still get emotional when he's going around the theater and just seeing a theater packed with people, and wanting to be doing that again because in about three days from now it'll be officially a year since I've been to New York to see something on Broadway and I miss it very much um, Bullet, Blind um, I Zimbra um, yeah it's just all fantastic um, yeah I don't know what else to say oh and um how you talking about? I can never pronounce that properly. Um, what's the other song that I love? Um, oh, I um, the TV song has been growing, um, and uh, the the song in between here and. Um, don't you worry about me, ba -da -da. um, 
me, uh, let me just check what that's called again. It's called, I know sometimes a man, oh, there we go. That's the song, but it's also called, Don't, Don't Worry About Me. Okay. Just wanted to confirm that. Um, yeah, it's start to finish fantastic. The song that I, there's two songs that I usually skip over, and that is, um, um, uh, let me check the list again. So one after one once in a lifetime glass, concrete and stone. It's kind of a sleepy number. I mean, it's a lovely song, but I'll skip over it sometimes. Oh, Toe Jam is one that sometimes I'll skip over, sometimes I'll watch it. It's because that one was on SNL, so I've seen it a couple times already. Um, the other one, I Dance Like This, is the other one that I'll pass over sometimes because it's just kind of abrasive. <laughs> some point one fine day is also lovely yeah it's just it's 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 fantastic any way you put it um sorry i am why did i open twitter i meant to go to the notes app um um i did not put this down in the notes for some reason but another one that came out in october was over the moon which i talked about a little bit a few weeks ago um ultra luminaries the big number that i really love from that which is performed by once again philippa sue who's been mentioned before um and the other songs that i like from the movie are uh, mooncakes rocket to the moon um yeah and then, and let me go back to September. Um, in the Trail of Chicago Seven, there's not like an explicit musical number, but I was really moved by the um, the end credit song called "Hear My Voice." It's really, really good. Oh, and back to Eurovision. There were a few original songs that I really like. Um, Has Hasavik which is like the big 11 o'clock number of that, um, in the mirror. Um, and then I don't know if that was Dan Stevens song, but whatever his song is. And then the one people love on Twitter, it's, um, play, um, something ding dong. Sure. Um, what else? Um, and then in November, there was another animated movie that has a really, really, wonderful musical moment um in wolf walkers and it's to the tune of um aurora's song um running with the wolves which is not an original song it's from an album of hers from a few years ago but it's a really really beautiful moment that i really loved um and then there is an original song for the credits called house how's the wolf um, but I was just, in, the, the, the movie came alive for me finally when that running with the wolves sequence happened. Um, Jingle Jangle had some great moments. I mentioned those, the Keegan, Keegan Michael Key song was my favorite of that one. Um, um, and then... December was The Prom, and The Prom also features a lot of musical numbers that I loved. Um, it's Time to Dance, Tonight Belongs to You, I Love Thy Neighbor, It's Not About Me, Just Breathe, Barry's Going to the Prom, Changing Lives, You Happen, The Acceptance Song, but um, hashtag released the director's cut, Ryan Murphy, I want to see the fool fully filmed Love Thy Neighbor and You Happen sequence because I don't know what an extra five minutes to finish the final verses of both of those songs would have done to change the pacing of that movie but I was very disappointed because in the trailer of The Prom we see Nicole Kidman performing in the acceptance song with this big hat and everybody's just like, where is this footage at? It exists. And the, what I hate about Netflix that robs 
physical media is that there's no way we'll ever get the deleted scenes on the DVD. Just give give us that director's cut. We want the director's cut, Ryan Murphy. Um, and then just recently, a really great musical number um, snuck up on me. It's it's teased in the trailer, but I just didn't know what was going to happen in that scene because in the trailer, I must mention that Venom is on the television right now and it is the scene where he is in the lobster rep- <laughs> the lobster restaurant and is about to get into the lobster tank and Venom inside of him is yet like, hungry! <sighs> Venom, masterpiece. Can't believe it's... <laughs> that was 2018. It's only been two years since Venom came out and we were robbed of let there be carnage this year which will be next year that's my number four most anticipated movie of next year i'm just kidding i'm very i'm still very excited tom hardy should have gotten an oscar for venom anyways i'm trying to wrap this up because anderson and andy are about to start on cnn um but in promising young woman um bo burnham plays like the boy that um Carrie Mulligan kind of gets steady with and they're in the supermarket or in like a pharmacy and the song sung by Paris Hilton her original song called Stars Are Blind plays and Bo Burnham starts singing along to it trying to get Carrie Mulligan charmed and Carrie Mulligan starts singing along with them and then they just break out into the song in the supermarket or in the in the pharmacy and it's just so delightful and then of course it's ruined by a scene very shortly after that is a spoiler that I won't give away um then no good very bad don't do it um in terms of TV, any other musical moments, I really just don't know. A lot of the TV has mushed together with me in terms of what came out this year versus last year. Um, I'm sure The Politician had a musical number this year that I just do not remember. Big Mouth. Oh, Central Park was a great like musical TV show that I really enjoyed. Um, they had a couple good songs. Um, I think Rory O'Malley guest starred on one episode and had a really standout number. Um, Love Victor had a really sweet moment where they're dancing to Call Me Maybe at the cafe. Um, and then Victor also goes to like a gay bar in New York. And I'm pretty sure there was a musical moment on that as well. Um, Julie and the Phantoms was another great musical TV show on Netflix. Um, that had some good bops. It was um, created by Kenny Ortega, or he was the showrunner, so he's the high school musical person. So it's in good hands. Um, let's see. We Are Who We Are had a couple good music moments in terms of like dancing along to music. Um, the teacher had some of the most unhinged needle drops, so we won't include that. Um, other than that, anything else on the TV side of... Mm-hmm. Trying to find where I put my TV list. I think I sent... Ah, here we go. Um, let's see. The New Pope probably had wild music cues that I don't remember. Oh, the TV show Dave. Venom just did the hungry scene on the, um, on the bus, which I always love. Um, one of my favorite shows of the year is Dave on FXX, which is a show about a white guy who raps and um there was a like one episode that was like all entirely sung through it was really delightful um let's see 
any other show this year that had a musical moment? I don't think so. Um, did Hollywood have a musical moment? I don't remember. I think that's all I have for you. So, yeah, I would credit the entirety of, um, of American Utopia as the ultimate musical moment of the year. Um, if we want to get specific, I would say Burning Down the House is still the most euphoric number of the entire piece, but, um, Slippery People and Born Under Punches are really, um, growing, growing, growing. Um, so yeah, that's 2020 for you in musical moments. Um, oh, I have to mention, the musical moment of the year is actually not American Utopia. Hamilton is shaking. Um, the prom is looking for a new career. David Byrne, out of a job, because... Here comes Lips rolling in on the mass Singer singing Native New Yorker. And um, Lips, of course, was revealed to be played by Wendy Williams. And it was the musical moment of the year. It really was. Because nobody opens up the door for a Native New Yorker. And uh, speaking of New Yorkers... I need to tune in to my New Yorkers on CNN because I don't have CNN on my television anymore. So, and for some reason, I finally got Ronald Bailey's account information to work on my computer. So now I can reclaim my TCM watching on my, t on my computer, even though the movie that I was planning on watching tomorrow the ritz is not on watch tcm which fuck you i was just home i should have recorded it i knew i should have and i didn't um in terms of musical moments live that i saw i still can't shake off next to normal at the kennedy center um i think about the catch me i'm falling um moment and make up your mind and then um of course um i miss the mountains didn't i see this movie the one that i always am haunted by is the i dreamed of dance number rachel bay jones and just out of nowhere sometimes i'll just hear um the daughter of the show singing sometime or something next to normal <laughs> which was my favorite thing that happened when um we were all sitting there and everybody around me started like doing like a sigh of oh that's why the show is called next to normal because like, literally you could hear it in 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 the theater of everybody just going ah <laughs> there it is <laughs> it was i miss those moments um also, of course, I saw Hello, Dolly, and Cats <laughs> once again for, like, the third or fourth year in a row. Um, so, uh, I think it's the fourth for Hello, Dolly. Oh, no. Yeah, it's the fourth for Hello, Dolly. There was a gap year for Cats because I did not see it in 2018 at all. saw it three times in 2019 and one time this year and one time in 2017, and I saw Hello, Dolly. Once in 2017, once in 2018, three times in 2019, and one time in 2020. And I'll see it again in 2021 when we do our own production, hopefully. So that's what I'm looking forward to in 2021. Mounting a production of Hello, Dolly. I hope my love, the love bug of Hello, Dolly has not worn off by the time we finally get to do it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing um, Rachel Ziegler become a mega movie star in West Side Story. Um, I'm also looking forward to the continuing um, surge of 
Ariana DeBose musical performances in movies. Um, what else? I don't know if Damien Chazelle's new movie Babylon has anything to do with musicals, but Justin Hurwitz is always somebody who I hope delivers on the musical music side. Um, yeah, um, I think that's it. As I mentioned, I'm already missing 10 minutes of Andy and Anderson, so uh, they do replay it right afterwards, so maybe I'll catch the tail end. Um, so to end off, um, I did a toast to the groom as the opening from Satisfied. Um, and I also did Same as It Ever Was from Once in a Lifetime from American Utopia. What else can I sing to end off 2020? Let me go back to my notes and see if there is a song lyric that would be fitting. Um, it's time to dance. Uh, tonight belongs to you. Um, every day is a miracle. Um, oh, of course, we're on the road to nowhere. Hiya, which is how I ended the American Utopia episode. I'm going to end it this way, too. So, no, how I'm going to end this right now is no one opens, sorry, no one opens the door for a native New Yorker. A little vamping. And the bumper music is Satisfied from Hamilton, uh, written by Lin-Manuel Brown, with a poem by Renee Goldsberry, cast, um, and Native New Yorker, performed by Lips from The Masked Singer. Um, it's going to be Road to Nowhere, performed by David Byrne, and Enjoy 2021, everybody.
Oh, oh, oh. 